Welcome to the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. For those of you who don't know, GTFO means get the F out. In this podcast, we will be discussing how to get the F out. How to get the F out of a bad situation, predicament, or something you want to flat change. I'll be interviewing individuals who have had to GTFO. Expect to hear stories of those who experience situations of despair, pain, and fear. And the only way to escape it was to GTFO. Through this podcast, I want to give you, the listeners, the power and courage to make life changes should you need to GTFO. October 11th of last year, 2020, was the 32nd annual National Coming Out Day. National Coming Out Day began back in 1988 to celebrate the first national march in Washington for lesbian and gay rights back in 1987. The purpose of this yearly event is to maintain positivity, provide support, and celebrate coming out. A lot has changed since 1988. A lot has changed since then due to acceptance, awareness, and pride. According to ScienceDaily.com, in 1991, the average coming out age was 25, but as of 2010, it was 16 years old, a dramatic shift. In a similar study in the United Kingdom, they found people aged 18 and under are coming out at 15 on average. My guest today is Greg Thompson. I've known Greg personally since 2004. And I'll tell you how, but first let's roll through his bio. Mr. Thompson currently lives with his husband of 16 years in Denver, Colorado, and plans to retire in the mountains nearby in the coming years. He has also resided in Kentucky, Florida, Maryland, Virginia, D.C., and Texas. He did his undergraduate work in finance at the University of Kentucky and his graduate work in international marketing at the American University in D.C. He spent most of his career supporting U.S. international business interest and has worked or traveled in 30 plus countries. He's jumped out of airplanes and from an 800 feet tower. He paraglided in Hawaii and in Texas and plans to take up the sport in his spare time in Colorado. Now on to how I know Greg. Greg's husband today was one of my first boyfriends way back when, in the early nineties when I was young and spry. I adored this boyfriend. He was handsome, funny, and everybody loved him. Well, as time went on, our relationship became more like Will and Grace. I was the Jewish redhead, and he was the handsome gay bachelor. Then he met Greg. When Greg came into his life, I felt as if my will was finally complete, happy and fulfilled. I felt like I had a new family member in Greg, which I'm proud to say, 16 years later, I still do. Thank you, Greg, for doing this episode with me today. It means a lot to me. Thank you, Holly, for having me on. Um, and I just want to say congratulations on all your success. Uh, it's really uh, it's nice to see you uh, uh, just take off with everything that you're trying Aww. to do. It's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. That maybe I'm just flat crazy. I'm not sure which yet, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm going with it day by day, but I do appreciate it. Sure. Um, okay, let's for a second talk about how we know each other, because I love that story. It is a good story. It definitely is. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's nice that we've been able to stay friends despite distance and everything else. Um, and uh, Holly is right. She and I bonded immediately and uh, still do. It's like when you, it's just like any friend, long-term, and I almost said old friend, any long-term friendship that uh, you may not talk forever, but then when you do, it's, you just, uh, it's like nothing's passed. And yep. uh so Holly and I are fortunate to enjoy that, which I know makes me very happy. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, just a quick story. I'll, I'll, it's uh, a quick and funny. 
um, <clears throat> one year, Lee and I decided to do do drag for um, Halloween. <laughs> Not, not really our thing, but nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just not our thing. But um, so, who do we call? Holly. So, your local makeup artist. We, yes, our local makeup artist. Well, evidently, we're a lot of work because uh, she came over and it was five or six hours putting this together. Oh. Um, we were a bit of a hot mess. Uh, well, Lee was. I was looking pretty good, I think. But <laughs> yeah, you were looking much hotter than he was. <laughs> But so Holly and I have enjoyed all kinds of uh, interesting times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been through a lot together over the years. So we're very lucky that we have a special bond now. So that's why I felt comfortable in reaching out to you for this this episode, because I know you would be authentic and honest and inspiring. So I'm glad that you're here. Um, Okay, well, I know a lot about you, but our listeners don't. So give us a little background on yourself. Okay. Um, well, I'm mid fifties. Um, and, um, so that, you know, put me, uh, in an interesting time in a lot of the different places that I lived in as far as coming out. Um, you know, and, uh, the time, the time of your birth, et cetera, you know, really plays into uh, the experience you have in in your life, of course, um, like so many other things, the, the places you live, et cetera. And so, um, I was born in uh, Kentucky in the mid sixties, um, <clears throat> born in a, a coal miners hospital, interestingly enough. Oh my goodness. I did not uh, know that. That's wild. Yes. Yes. Well, I was like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> this is That's not your GTFO. <laughs> we'll get out of get here. The fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bye. Um, so fortunately soon after I was born, they moved uh, to Lexington, Kentucky area. Um, and we lived there. I was when I was very young until about five or six, and then we moved to uh, a rural area outside of Lexington. Uh, and so I grew up in a rural area. Uh, and at that point, changed school systems, obviously, etc. Uh, the closest town to us was a little small, um, you know, uh, redneck town, if you will. I, I say that with all the love. That of I, course, of course. You know, um, I lived there. Um, and it was part of it. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, that played into who I am, how I dealt with things, um, you know, uh, in the coming out process, obviously. Um, as I got older, I had another little GTFO moment. I was like, I got to get out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> this I, is, I hear this you. ain't I working for you. me either. Um, and so... Uh, Really put my uh, nose to the grindstone in school and um, got that out of the way. And uh, was fortunate I got an offer that got me on the East Coast. Uh, so I moved to Baltimore. Never been there. Didn't know anybody. Uh, started life there. Um, you know, really came out while living there, uh, and or started the process, I should say. And uh, then I lived in D.C. for a while after the Baltimore, Washington area. Uh, and um, in Texas, where I met you and Lee, uh, lived yep. there for 20 years. And very happy to say that, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm here in Denver uh, and uh, working on uh, getting a place out in the mountains here in the next year or two. Well, I love that. You and Lee were like, we're moving to Denver. I'm like, no, you're not. You're like, no, 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 <laughs> really. Here's our dream house. We're moving to Denver. And I was like, oh, shit, they're really going. <laughs> oh, my God, they did it. And now you're yeah. like living the dream out there where it's beautiful and clean and and uh, mountainous. And i got to say I'm jealous. I'm a little jealous yeah. of that. So, so it's, um, we're, we're fortunate. We're very blessed. 
yes, you are. But you guys also work really hard. So, you know. We, we did. We had a plan. I mean, it, it only took five or six years to make it happen. <laughs> and so, But it um, happened. You did it. it. Did ha- and more, most importantly, it did happen. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling us about your journey, um, you know, into adulthood and different cities that you lived in. Take us back to when you were a teenager, um, because I think that's kind of what will resonate with people um, as far as what it's like when you're when you start to kind of want to start to come out of the closet and you're thinking about what your life could be like. What was that like for you as a teenager? Uh, you know, during those times, you know, we're talking um, late seventies, early eighties. Um, so, uh, in some parts of the country, there was a huge gay movement going on. Of course, we didn't know anything about it. There was no internet or, you know, uh, it didn't make, generally speaking, the news because there was banned from the news. Um, but yeah, there was an entire uh, coming out, if you will, for the gay community and demanding equal rights, etc. cetera, um, uh, going on, unbeknownst to me as a teenager. Um, you know, so I still thought I was the only one. And kept waiting for it to change. Just like, oh yeah, everybody's talking about the girls. I'm going to start feeling that way tomorrow. Um, well, tomorrow never came, and you know, I, and I'm I'm good with that. I'm glad that I am the way I am. Um, right. But as a child, uh, and I say child, as a child or teenager, uh, you know, that's not necessarily the case. You know, you want to assimilate. It's just that's what people want to do. You know, um, you want to be like your friends. You want to be like your parents generally speaking um and um i knew i wasn't and you know i've read some interesting books recently i've got a friend a young friend coming out and um so read some books as i was trying to kind of help him and um, yeah that's that still goes on today which is because i didn't didn't really understand the kids today i was like no it's just so easy for them to get information to come out why do we still have people that are closeted, you know, and the fear and so forth. But it was, it was a very interesting book, and it just said, you know, you always know you're different. Yeah. And yeah. nobody wants to be different until you're an adult or, you know, reach that point in your life where you're like, you love yourself enough that you want to be different. You want to be your own person. And uh, right. some, some people never reach that point, you know, whatever it is that makes them different. Um, you know, it can be their skin color, their hair color, but it's just they're whatever, you know, um, sexuality is yeah. very much a part of who we are, um, you know, and, uh, unfortunately, um, coming out, you know, at that time period, I, you don't, I never got to experience the dating, you know, thing of dating a, a, a young you know, a guy when I was you know, a teenager, uh, I, I dated women, um, but again, I kept thinking, oh, this is going to work, and, um, and of course it doesn't, you know, you, you, you can play the game all you want, but um, ultimately. Did that cause an internal struggle for you to trying to, it's kind of like you're working against your own grain when you're trying to date you are, women, where you're you like, are. oh, this just doesn't feel right. You're, it's very stressful. You, you know, you're living a constant lie, uh, and you're always afraid of getting caught. That's the oh. thing: is the stress of, am I going to look at somebody too long, or hey, am I going to do or say the wrong thing? Particularly, you know, when you're a teenager or later in the 
teen years, you know, when you're drinking and so forth, you know, right. kids do. Um, and um, so that fear is always there. Okay. You know, I, but, that's really interesting to me. I didn't think about that fear of getting caught. It's, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming, honestly. And it's uh, the stress. It, once you come out and just don't care, it really, you just can't imagine the lifting of the uh, burden and weight that is on you. So it leads, unfortunately, to a lot of, uh, it's fairly typical of a lot of gays and lesbians, have some anger issues. Yeah, I can understand that. that. It's not that they were necessarily mistreated by society. It's just the way it is. And and sometimes they were mistreated. I don't get it wrong. But a lot of times they weren't, but they were different. And then they were. And so they've just got this, this, some anger issues. I'm not saying everybody does, but um, it's not uncommon. And 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 I'm one of those people that had to deal with that. I had anger issues too, because... It would be hard to suppress your yourself or suppress your feelings. I've had a situation like that, um, which I won't elaborate on today, but it had to do with a relationship and I was suppressing what I really wanted out of it. And that's hard because you feel like you could implode at any time. Yeah, you really do. And and as a child, and I say child, you know, late teen, um, even into your early 20s, but definitely like teens when you don't have uh, financial stability, you know, control of your own life. Um, yeah. It's particularly uh, scary. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's why I kind of had the GTFO and it's like, you know, I was in my, just out of, I gotta get, gotta get out of college. I gotta, I gotta get that out of the way so I can get out of here. Yeah. You're like, uh, I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm out. Yeah, and that way, for me, that was the only way I was going to be able to come out. It's interesting. When I was back uh, at one of my high school reunions, I've stayed close with all of my friends after I came out. <clears throat> um, it was maybe our 20th high school reunion. It sounds a little scary, and that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of my friends had come up to me. He goes, yeah, I'm really glad to see how happy you are. And you've had a great, had a great life. He goes, you know, you could have stayed, you know. You could have stayed. We would have loved you Aww. the same. And so it was really cool because it was just kind of out of nowhere. Um, and he goes, you know, we could have had a really good time. I guess, but I know you had, had to do what you had to do. Yeah. Well, that was kind. I mean. It was. It was really nice to hear that and just so unexpected. Right. Um, right. But uh, yeah. That was so selfless. Little, yeah. Little things like that just stick out in your mind when people get it right. <laughs> you had support. You had support and you had support you know, in the, in the eighties when this wasn't as hot as a, of a topic as it is now. So, you know, I commend your, your friends for being, you know, so good to you through that. Now, and I think in a previous conversation, you had told me when you decided to GTFO and go to Baltimore that you were, you wrote letters. That was how you told your, your friends. about Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I was, I was completely separated from them at that point. I would go, yeah. you know, I was working a lot. Um, literally night and day and weekends at that time um, for two or three years. And uh, so didn't have much time to come home or go home. Um, and, uh, you know, when I did, it might be for a week or a weekend at the most. That's about all the vacation I had at that time. And, um, so I would see them 
um, occasionally, but there were little things that were slipping, you know, as, as they do, you know, people were getting married. I couldn't go to the weddings, you know, right. Um, life happens. Life, yeah, happens. life happens. I right. have my life. They have theirs. It doesn't mean I don't want to be there. You know, right? um, but uh, yeah, so life happened. <clears throat> so I wasn't probably emotionally, maybe I was a little too afraid of, you know, 15 different conversations or however many letters I sent. Um, you know, I'd already gone through this with my family um, and uh, okay experience, you know, in general. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm sadly, if I, if I read the letter today, I'd probably be embarrassed by because I, I think there was a lot of anger in it. Not meaning to be angry at my friends, but fearful of them. Right, right. That's powerful. Me. So I probably would, yeah, probably have an apology. But, um, you know, I think most of the people, certainly as they've grown, had kids, et cetera. Get it. Yeah. yeah, they can't completely know what I went through, but they get it. They, they know it was some tough times and living the line of the secrets. And, you know, and they, they've seen other people go through it. Um, and sometimes some people don't get through it, you know, right. sadly. And, right. Um, so I, um, I had several close calls where I tried to end my life when I was young and um, one very close. <laughs> um, and a uh, friend's father caught me and. Oh my goodness. Um, he uh, just played it off as if it were an accident. And uh, but I was pretty far along on what was going on. And um, he kind of revived me and. Um, yeah, basically saved my life. And I think my friend knows. We never discussed it, interestingly enough. Um, so man, one of these days, and we're still very close. We text each other, what's going on in Kentucky? And, you know, um, <clears throat> one of these days, I'll ask him, you know, what did your dad ever say about that? Uh, his dad has passed since then. But, um, yeah. Um, but that, yeah. Was a, that was quite a heroic event. I mean, I'm glad that, I'm sad you went through that. I'm glad he was there to help you. Yeah, fortunately, you know, um, but that's kind of the state. I was getting to that point, and that was probably, uh, you know, I was probably about 21 yeah. at that point. So very close to me doing my GTFO because I, I knew things were falling apart. Well, um, let's let's take that as a segue into GTFO for you because that was, that was a dramatic moment. Yeah. At what point did you realize that you had to – that you had to do it. You're like, I have to do this. Yeah, it, it was, it, that played into it. And it was soon after that. And it, <clears throat> doing a lot of self-reflecting. I always have, I guess, probably more so than some just because of being there. Um, but uh, I remember lying on my bed. Or my bed. I'm not sure which tense is right. I never can remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, um, laying there and thinking, you know, how am I going to get out of here? Where am I going next? You know, where, where is life going? I know this is what I need. Yep. You know, um, I haven't experimented or anything, but I knew what I needed and, in my life. And, um, and I was not going to be able to do it then. And okay. so, uh, yeah. Uh, so when I got to Baltimore, this is another funny story. <clears throat> when I got to Baltimore, um, I don't know if I ever told you this story. So, again, keep in mind, there is no internet. 
you know, you don't just say, hey, yell out somebody, where's the gay bar? Um, and so <clears throat> I'm sitting here and I'm looking through the uh, yellow pages and white pages and I think it was the blue pages. I can't remember. The government pages, whatever they are. I think they're blue at the time. I remember when we had phone books. You remember, you remember phone books. Yeah, um, I remember phone books. Younger kids won't, but they, they get the idea. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we'd have these phone books and they had everybody's phone numbers and government. Well, one of the things in there I finally found, um, there, was a, there was something in there for, um, related to alcoholic narcotics and anonymous, but it, it's as gays and lesbians. Like, of course, keyed in on those words. <laughs> yeah. So what do I? So what do I do? I call that up and say, "So where where are the gay bars? <laughs> where are the gay bars?" <laughs> so, so I'm asking this organization that's you know dealing with people that have alcoholism. And, and I say that jokingly, not obviously about the topic, but about myself. Um, that's how I found out what gay bar was, um, and so. Uh, that evening, you know, I looked down there and I found it. Uh, there were three or four bars I did together. I circled and circled and circled. <laughs> and, uh, and after about 20 minutes, I finally parked and sat in the car for a while. And it's like, okay, you can do this. <laughs> wow. And, I did not know this story. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's funny now, but I mean, it was just my heart was racing the entire time. And so, uh, in downtown Baltimore, I don't know anybody. Rough area, um, and I'm trying to you know come out here to this bar, and so uh, finally I, I got the nerve up and went to the bar, walk in, and it's one of those like everybody in there. You think everybody that looks at you, and so you know everybody turns. Of course, there was some of that, but not probably what you're thinking. And so I ran to the bar, uh, basically, and. <laughs> Ordered a beer and I kind of stuck there the entire night. <laughs> um, and slowly, you know, over the evening, became a little more secure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's a process. There is no, oh, this is it and, and it's done. And oh, wow, I'm gay and I love all myself. It doesn't right. go away. Then but I, I, love that, I love that you were brave and you. Told, told us about the emotions leading up to the moment because I think anyone else going through it will, will, will hear you and go, okay, he did have to find courage and this is a process. This is going to take some time. So I love that you shared that raw emotion with us because it's real. It, it is. You know, it's, <clears throat> you know, it's coming out to yourself. Yeah, first. yes. And that's that's the first person you have to come out to <clears throat> and admit it to and um, <clears throat> let yourself accept it <laughs> no that's um, huge that's huge because that's know. when you can begin to tell other people when you've accepted that's it yourself exactly and you know when i told when i say the same thing like you know you've got to be yourself and the truth of the matter is most people not everybody but the majority of people don't care if they're gay or straight or whatever first of all they have their own life um i never feel the need to flaunt it but if someone asks me a question you know, you know, as the more questions they ask, it's going to become, you know, apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, what people don't like is secrets. And right. They can, sense, they can sense if they're if something, you know, a lie or a secret. 
Yeah, they're not always sure what it is, but they can sense it. And, you know, people don't like them. None of us do. So, yeah, I, I tell everybody um, <clears throat> that I worked with that have been in that process, you know, just be yourself and be honest. It doesn't mean you have to go say, I'm gay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. saying, yeah I'm dating somebody. And when they say, oh, who did you say? Well, you know, John Smith, you know. I'll put two and two together pretty quickly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so it's it's just it's part of who you are. It's part of who you are. Yeah. yeah. And if you if you're cool with it, they're cool with it. So, I think that's a really good point, and I think that that would make other people feel comfortable and you know in talking about it. So I love that you're like, yeah, I'm dating John Smith. Okay, you know, and done. You know. Yeah. You know, I had a, I never. Kind of funny story. I was at a training. I was much older. I was oh, about 20, 28, 29. <clears throat> so at this point, I, you know, it could definitely come out and been through the whole process and gone to all the marches, et cetera. Um, but I was in a training and it, I was like the only person that was part of the civilian government that was there. All the rest were part of the military. So um, it was a leadership training. It was a two-week thing. It was a big deal. And so, um, you know, after the, one of the days of training, I went to a bar and 20 minutes there or so. Well, they're all getting really wasted. Uh-oh. Because, um, you know, most of them are working their wives or whatever. You know how that works. Um, you've written books about it. Well, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> so this one guy is obnoxiously talking about, well, well, which one would you, you know, which girl would you want to get with in the class? Because um, there were some females in the class. And he was, you know, he took a monstrous drunk and he was going around asking every single person. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept thinking, okay, well, I'm about six or seven. And he's not the conversation. You know, it's such a boring conversation. It's going to die before it gets to me. Because, you know, we're trying to have other conversations. Those guys are really loud. I mean, kept going. Finally, it gets to me. I mean, I'd already thought about this, obviously. I sat there and watched it and just a little nervous. And it's to me. He's like, what about you? And I'm like, well, neither one of them really are my flavor. You know, I'm gay, so I'm going to probably skip on both. And dead silence. <laughs> I mean, dead silence out of 20 guys suddenly. And... Um, the guy next to me, who was kind of the cool guy that everybody wanted to hang with, you know, yeah. he, hit he hit it off. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Um, well, once he said it was cool, everybody else started talking. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so it was kind of, it's it one of those things that stuck in my mind. But, um, you know, at that point, it did take a little uh, ump, you know, because uh, it was with 20 strangers all fairly drunk and, you know, not, not knowing how they're going to react. But again, not flaunting it, but just being honest. And, right, right. You know, the one just being cool guy <laughs> just, you know, made it very clear to everyone, you know, that it was cool. It was okay. <laughs> Their days were going to go on. They didn't need right. to worry about it. Right. Mo- moving on. And you know what, Greg, I bet that that man that started that conversation will never do that again. <laughs> because he had to feel like such an ass. Like, dude, right. what are you doing? You know, right. I mean, stop asking stupid questions. <laughs> just yeah. don't do it. Um, just yeah. shut it. 
just shut it. But um, <laughs> so you know, there's there's all these little moments within your life that you're going to have to do these things. You know, and you have to make that decision. Oh, in this instance, am I going to lie about who I am? You know, and I guess, and I'm not bragging about myself, but at that point, I guess I'd been around so much. It was the, you know, at that point, it was the Clinton years, and every time I was downtown DC, and it was just life was good. And, yeah. Um, I was not, I'm not going to take a step back. Um, you know, I didn't want to be that person again. You know, um, right. It's a shame to that person that had been so scared. Um, you know, but that's part of it. You're just, you know, when you're younger, you are, you're scared and that's okay. But I, I wanted to be the strong person and say, no, this is who I am. Take right. But I love that you came to that yeah. because there's so much power in that. There is. And it's, it's and it's true. And I, you know, we all have things in our life. And so this isn't about just sexuality. It's about every, whatever your thing is. And uh, accepting it and yeah, owning it. Own it. Yep. You. Re- mm-hmm. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, just own it. Just own, own it. it. Be proud of who you are. And this is where I'm supposed to be. And uh, you know, I, I'm gonna live my life. And, what advice yeah. do you have for friends and family of those who come out? Um. <clears throat> Give us some do's and don'ts because. <laughs> I would love to know those from your perspective. Yeah. Um, well, if, if, if you have loved ones that are gay or lesbian, and, and you do, um, whether they're your friends or your family, mm-hmm. you do. And if, if, you, if you don't think so, you're kidding yourself. So let's be clear on that first. Okay. okay. Sure. Um, it doesn't matter if you live in Iowa or New York City. You still know friends and family that are gay. Or yeah. You know, so, you know, just... Try to be cognizant of that, mindful. That's kind of the word of today, I think, a lot. Be mindful. Yep. You know, and don't say things that you don't really mean. Um, you know, don't, don't say hateful things. Um, you know, let people know that um, you're comfortable with diversity in all forms. Um, and that, that's always helpful. It makes it easier, obviously. I mean, sadly, in my uh, family, I heard a lot of things that were would suggest otherwise, you know, when my performance family knew, um, you know, another comfort level uh, dealing with gays and lesbians, um, which later on they, of course, didn't remember right. <laughs> that they had said it. But yeah, so, you know, be, be mindful of, you know, just spreading love versus spreading hate. It's so much right. easier. It really right. is. It is. Um, and, you know, you get back what you get. So, um, ultimately, if that, that's what you're spreading, you're, you're, you're going to get back in uh, return. And <clears throat> so that would be one thing. And, you know, and as the friend or uh, colleague or work or uh, someone in your family does come up, for God's sakes, don't try to fix them up on a date. Um, <laughs> you know, I know you think that's the nice thing to do and you're being helpful. I've never seen one of those work out. No, um, that's a little awkward too. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like they're. Oh, I know a gay. I know a gay. Yeah, I know, oh. I know a gay. You guys should meet. <laughs> okay. And you're like, good. Um, I know several of them. 
<laughs> um, and um, we call them humans. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so sometimes you get that reaction, and, and you know they say some stupid things sometimes, and that's okay. Uh, most of those are not meant, meant to be said. Um, it's that they're really trying, and sometimes they just try a little too hard. And that's fun, and it's cute, and sometimes you have to reel them in. So, you know, um, but you also have to keep in mind they have to come out with you. You know, my journey took me from the time I was about 11 or 12 when I knew something was up. It took me over 10 years, well over 10 years. Yeah. 15, really, before I started saying I would love myself. Um, so why would I expect anyone else to do it in 15 minutes if it took me 15 years? So that's a good point. I've got, you know, you have to give your friends that um, leeway, your friends and family that leeway um, to do the right things. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's some lessons for both sides. Um, right. And don't expect more from them than you did um you know and but no uh, be there for them listen yeah. would be the big thing just listening um you know uh i you know a lot of people have problems with coming out because of religion I'm, I'm not a religious person i never was um but i know a lot of people that have that plays into the problems multiplies it um and you know i respect their beliefs and oh, I don't agree with them. Um I respect it and I understand that it makes it harder for some people. And, right. and you know, for those that are in that situation, if you are a religious person, you know, you need to look dig, dig deep inside yourself and you know, what is your religion really about? If it's about hating people that are different, maybe you need to take a long look at yourself. Right. And, exactly. Exactly. You know, that says more about you than the person you're hating. Right. That's a whole podcast right there. Is that topic? Yeah, it is. And, you know, on so many, for so many reasons. And so, you know, and it's just, um, so if religion is a thing, I would hope that you would rise to the occasion that, again, the word, the only word I can come up with is love, is love as they're around you. you know? And just and go with that. Be open. To let them be themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, being gay and lesbian doesn't mean anything about how the person is. Doesn't mean they're, you know, and they're super conservative uh, gays and lesbians. I know some are kind of wild. Um, I, I'm not sure where people would say we and I fall in there, but somewhere in the middle, probably. Um, you know, and the people just like everyone else, and that's what you're, you know, as a friend or. Uh, loved one you need to realize they're the same person you always knew right you just I think you just now know something about their sexuality you don't even right. know anything else beyond that they don't ask questions what you do in that room but you now understand something and they do have to tell you that i'm gay yeah. they don't have to tell you what they do in the bedroom. Right. That's still your private, that's still your private information. I don't share what I do, nor, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to know, you know, it's like, I don't know generally. Right. Um, And so, um, there's those fine lines and, and, you know, and, you know, people have to kind of respect that situation. 
I think that's really good advice for friends and family. Because like you said, a lot of people don't know what to do. And I want to highlight that you said again, this is a process. It didn't take you 15 minutes. It took you 15 years. And so for someone listening, it's not going to take them 15 minutes. It might take them longer and, you know, and for them to understand. And I love that you're saying, just show love, just be kind, you know, just embrace the person and listen. That's really all you need to do. I love that. So Greg, if people want to get more advice from you or look to you as a mentor, how can they get in touch with you? Well, I certainly would be open to speaking with anyone, uh, whether it's someone that's in the coming out uh, stage, uh, at any part, you know, at any age. It doesn't have to be a you know, young person. We talked a lot about uh, coming out as a young person. But right. There are people, similar to Lee, uh, you know, as you know, that came out in his mid 30s. So, yeah. yeah. um, and I've got a close friend that came out in his mid 50s. Yes, that happens too. Mm-hmm. That happens so too. Uh-huh. it happens at all ages. Um, so I, you know, I'm absolutely open to speaking to someone on that side of the fence, or or to one of their friends and family. You know, I would certainly listen and give whatever advice I could for, for what it's worth. Um, and um, you know, please have them just if you would just you know have them contact you, and then you could just pass them along. Yep, um, that would be awesome. And yep. I, would, I would welcome the opportunity uh, to speak to That's great, guys. Listen, if you want to get in touch with Greg, you can contact me at GTFO, the podcast at Gmail. That's GTFO, the podcast at Gmail. And I will put you in touch with Greg so that you guys can chat. So, um, no, I appreciate you being open to that, Greg. I do. I really do. And I know the listeners do too. Well, your story has been emotional and revealing and honest, and I know it will have an impact on other people and help them be just as brave as you were, Greg. I hope so. Life gets better. Um, If you're in a bad place, it does get better. Um, So push yourself, be brave, and uh, and it'll work out. Yeah, you're right. We need to put that on a t-shirt, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Be brave. It'll work out. I love that. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm sending a lot of love and light your way. And to the GTFO listeners, thank you for joining us for this very special episode. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining me today on the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. To connect with me for confidence coaching or speaking engagements, please connect with me at hollykaplan.com or find me on Instagram at GTFO underscore podcast. Thanks. Thanks.